Hi, my name is Kyla and this is my podcast, The American Funeral Podcast, where we give space to talk about marginalized experiences, all the injustice in our modern day society, and how to do better consciously. This month is Black History Month, and I have to do something special for this month, so we are going to be doing a series on Black queer icons and give space to these amazing and iconic parts of our history that are not talked about enough. Today we're going to be talking about the late Asoto Saint and his prolific work as a gay man and as a person in the creative field. But first, I'd like to say that this episode pulls from an article written about him by his friend Victoria Brownworth. So please go read it. It is such a heartfelt and detailed article. I really could feel the love and I'm so honored that I get to do this episode. So... Getting into it, a Soto Saint was born Yves Francois Lubin on October 2nd, 1957 in Les Haiti, Libra, definitely. Raised there by his Anasidis mother, Maria Lubin, a Soto would not go on to meet his father until much later when he was already an adult. After Asoto's grandmother passed away when he was only eight years old, his mother moved to Geneva, Switzerland, and left him to move in with an aunt. So his mother eventually moved into New York City, and Saint would visit her in 1970 on what would become a life-changing trip for him. I'm telling you, New York is already a city of dreams, and it's nothing new. It's nothing new. So when he came to New York City, he saw that there were men dressing in more feminine clothing in a more feminine way, and that was not possible in Haiti because it is a homophobic country, like most third world countries. So he begged his mother to stay, and he did. He graduated from Jamaica High in Queens and went to college to pursue medicine, but after meeting his father and discovering some very hard truths for him, he began exploring performative nature of Haitian Catholic mass and soon after dropped out to pursue the performative arts. So what he found out was that his father didn't want him and that he wanted him to be aborted by his mother. So that just sent him away from the entire medical field and he dropped out and began to pursue the arts. So in the same year that he started dance, he unfortunately had to quit due to an injury that would stop him from performing. Nonetheless, he had an interest in theater, music, and poetry, so he went on to pursue that. This is when he took on his new name, Asoto Saint, and I'm gonna break down for you where it's from because I think it's really cool. So Asoto, um, hopefully I'm saying that right, um, is a ceremonial drum used in Haitian voodoo rituals, and Saint, after Toussaint Leventure, uh, the Haitian revolutionary leader that laid, led them through the slave revolt. So Asoto was spelled with one T, that is A-S-S-O-T-O, and he added the second T when he found his CD for T count fell to only nine. For those of y'all who do not know, CD4T is a type of white blood cell that alerts the body of viruses and is compromised when one gets AIDS. So in November of 1980, Saint met and fell in love with Jan Holmgren and they began to collaborate on their theatrical projects. It was really a, a New York gay love story, if you might say so. And together they founded the Metamorphosis Theater, which Saint used to make space for and showcase black the black gay experience with no filter. His works include Rise into Love, 
Rising to the Love We Need, his first play, which was awarded the second prize in 1980 Jane Chambers Award for Gay and Lesbian Playwriting. His work also include New Love Song, Black Fag, and Nuclear Lovers. And Asoto was one of the first activists to disclose his HIV status. Both he and his partner suffered from it. And at the time, there was so much stigma around the disease as it was associated with the gay community during the first times that it was kind of popping up in America. It was known as like a gay disease. So there was so much stigma around that disease. But he publicly disclosed it and he lived his truth out loud. Bruntworth says, Asoto Saint was the first and foremost, was first foremost a war poet. He was a poet of AIDS. He was, and more than that, he was a poet of the black voices of the AIDS war. The unheard, the unmentioned voices that he was desperately trying to keep alive any way he could. Because he was beautifully striking, dramatic, diva-ish beautiful, he had a quiet, almost subdued way of transmitting his rage about the AIDS epidemic. It was quite easy for people to presume about him. P.U.D. gets convinced by many people as a lack of substance, but Asoto was both beautiful and a bold bold dresser. With a bold walk and bold gestures, he was also a bold thinker. He knew he had to chronicle the black gay voices of AIDS or else they would be lost. He had to collect the bits and pieces that would create names of the angry verses and the embittered stanzas and the breathy last couplets of the dying. That was Brentworth talking about Asoto in such a beautiful way. And, you know, during the time of the AIDS epidemic, there was so much stigma, again, from the gay community because there were, and at that time, there was no cure and there was no medication and so many people were dying and so many prolific gay writers and people in the gay scene died of the disease because there were no resources to help. And, they were seen as the cause of their own problem with people associating the illness to homosexuality. It was as if being gay and having AIDS were mutually consecutive, although they were very mutually exclusive at that time. And for all the darkness going on at that time, you know, a soda saint was a light. He was the kind of person that used his platform to uplift black gay writers and make space for their work where traditional mega publishing houses and theater houses wouldn't. You know, he was the kind of person who was authentic in the way he lived and was so determined not only to tell his story and the story of other black gay writers but to tell an authentic one to tell a story that was true to who they were and to true to their experience you know black it is said that black gay men with or without aids from a soda's perspective at the time were being silenced and silencing themselves in the closet no one was meant to hear their voices but a soda was determined with a fearsome intensity of will to break that silence and smash it into bits. You know, this is coming from Brentworth, a person who was friends with him, who lived with him. And, you know, she says this about him because I'm assuming it is true. And with all the work he did, it is true. You know, Saint wrote and compiled revolutionary literature about the AIDS canon. He brought explicitly black gay sexuality and sensuality to gay literature. And he refused to whitewash his work. And he refused for the writers to whitewash their own work. And he encouraged them and he wanted them to be heard in their full unbleached blackness and you know this is a very common thing especially in the world that we live in you need sometimes people ask you to whitewash yourself to whitewash your content to whitewash and make space for whiteness in any content and creative and any space that you occupy when a soto really at his time he was like no 
my work and my space is for the voices that were unheard. And, you know, relating that to current experiences, I feel like for me, my podcast is the same way. You know, this is a space for BIPOC individuals and for their voices to be uplifted and for, you know, to create space and talk about social justice. So, you know, whitewashing spaces that are intentionally black is just a way to uphold white supremacy. Because you have, people have, white people have never been asked, they have always been asked to diversify their places. And now in the 21st century is when they're beginning to do it. They didn't do it for like, what, 20 centuries. So, you know, some spaces are exclusively black and Asoto understood that. He compiled the following books of amazing black gay writers. Here's To Dare, 10 Black Poets, New York, Galeons of 1992, The Milking Black Book, The Milking Black Bull, 11 Gay Black Poets, Sickerville, N.J. Vega in 1995, The Road Before Us, 100 Black Gay Poets, and New York Galeons in 1991. You know, Brentworth describes her in a Soto as post-Stonewall gays and lesbians and goes on to say that what we lived and what we experienced in that time between our national coming out and his death in the midst of AIDS crisis was pivotal. You know, he embraced his femininity. He was a kind of man, he was kind of gay man who did not hide whatever parts of himself that were true to him. You know, he even referred to himself as a tall black queen, which is absolutely slay. And he fully, according to Brentworth, was that. He was the kind of person that really believed that silence is death. And I'd like to add to that, that silence is erasure. You know, so unfortunately, he died in June, on June 29th in 1994. But since his partner Jan died before him, they both wanted to be buried together in SQ cremation because they loved how ashes commingled in the crematorium. And honestly, that is so cute. Even in death, they're still together. And I think that even though it is a sad story that he died, he was with a man he loved. And I think that there's no better way to spend eternity. And I think that Osoto was the definition of lifting others as you go because he didn't come from a place of wealth. Like his mom literally moved to New York and emigrated and was an immigrant. And he was the definition of like building a platform and allowing people to come up with you to highlight those who were like him, but who would be forgotten if they didn't get published, if they didn't have their voices raised and whose amazing works would not be seen by the world because of who they were and who they chose to love. And it, and honestly, it is just criminal. You know, art is meant to be shared. Art is meant to be enjoyed. Art is a part of the human existence. And as the current generation, we are so thankful to people like Osoto living bravely and who intentionally made space and collected all these stories from all these prolific writers who would have otherwise been forgotten in our history. You know, their stories are such a radical rebellion with their existence being an example and inspiration and how we can continuously make space for our identity, for our queerness as a form of activism. Because think about it, intentionally making space for people who are going to be forgotten either way and intentionally bringing them to the center stage is a form of activism. It's a form of political resilience to the erasure that would happen to them otherwise. And, you know, this is why I think that people like Asoto should be talked about so much more, because not only was he a creative 
giant in whatever he did in his filming and publishing and even in his dancing and demeanor, he was also the kind of person that made space. And his activism was in his creativity. And that is why I am so honored to bring you the story of a Soto saved. So thank you so much for joining me for, for my Black History Month series. Tune in for the rest of the series where we're highlighting important Black queer icons. And on our TikTok, we're doing a different series where we're giving you unknown and important facts about Black history throughout the entire month. So this month, my intention with the American Funeral Podcast is to be your one-stop shop for everything Black history. So don't forget to follow our TikTok and our Instagram at the American Funeral to keep up with and be a part of the conversation. Like I said, I don't just want to see y'all in the views i want to see y'all in the comments creating and making important conversation and building the community that i know this podcast has a potential to have you know um don't forget to follow us on spotify and every other streaming platform if you like this episode don't forget to check out our other episodes and follow us rank us love this share this you know be an ally happy black history month and stay woke folks